I am super excited about the podcast episode today. The last few weeks, we have been diving into the biography genre, and I had an episode about introducing and teaching the biography genre to your students. Then I offered you nine quick mini lesson ideas for biography exploration. Then I did a deep dive into seven key reading skills to support biographies. So for this episode, I have brought on a guest, and she is not going to be any stranger to you. She actually was on the podcast before in November 2021. She was on episode 57, Understanding the Importance of Fluency and Incorporating It into Your Busy School Day. And she shared so many golden nuggets. I had so many messages from so many of you that were just loving all of her tips and all of her strategies and ideas. And so it was a no-brainer. I knew I had to bring her back for this expert topic. Since biographies are in the nonfiction category, we are just going to actually talk about nonfiction today. And she has so many ideas for how you can get your students excited and interested in the nonfiction genre. She is going to talk about where you can teach these texts. She's going to help you to know how to get the student buy-in and how to make this genre meaningful. And so if you are looking for any tips about teaching nonfiction and helping your students to connect the dots and to truly understand this genre, you are going to want to stay for this episode. You may know Eileen better as Literacy with Eileen Claussen, and she is living in Chicago. And although it is really cold in Chicago, she is bringing the heat in this episode. Now, I know that was probably a little bit corny, but all of her tips and the things that she's sharing is not. So we cannot wait to meet you inside. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Literacy Dive podcast. And as I mentioned in the intro, this is an exciting episode because we have a guest on the show who is someone that you may have heard before. So I'm so excited to continue this work from biography, turning it into the actual genre of what it is, which is a piece of nonfiction. So today we're going to be just diving into all things nonfiction. And I want to first let the special guest introduce herself, and then we'll get into all things nonfiction. So Eileen, take it away. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. So I'm Eileen Clausen, and I'm so excited to chat all things nonfiction with you all today. We cannot wait to chat about nonfiction. I've had such good responses from people who have just said that nonfiction is tricky. It's hard for kids, and they've just had so much fun being able to try some of these strategies. And I just knew that you were the perfect person to kind of wrap this all up talking about this genre. So let's just get right to it. I just want to let you kind of share your expertise with nonfiction. And what would you say in terms of how teachers can get their students excited 
or interested in the nonfiction genre. I feel like a lot of the time when it's fiction, it's a story. It's like, yes, we have student buy-in. They love it. It's animals talking. And then when you get to nonfiction, it's like the interest is not there. So what would you offer to teachers to get their students excited about this really, really interesting genre? So I think one of the most important thing is to get those students to buy in, like you said, is actually like talking to them and starting discussions all about like, well, one, what is nonfiction? And then what are some topics that they would be interested in? So this is something you could do with, you know, you're brainstorming together by making a giant web together. You're doing like a chart of likes and dislikes, all those different things that students like to, you know, engage in and find out what do them, they and their friends like to read about. You might have to start with giving them some ideas because they might be like, well, I don't know. I don't know what a nonfiction topic is. So you're going to start basic and then maybe have them working with a partner first where they're bouncing ideas off each other because that'll get each kid starting to think about things that they like. And then you can move it into small groups, have them share more ideas. So you're basically just trying to grow these lists of things that your students are interested in and then make a big chart together. And you can kind of start picking out ones that are common themes and other ideas that you can tell that obviously you have a good majority of students wanting to read about. So you might like start with literally a chart that's just saying like people, events, years that they want to learn more about or that they've heard things about, but they don't know much about. And just like general topics that, you know, they might experience every day that they would actually really love to learn more about. And then once you're getting them on that baseline of interest, then you can start to hook them in by doing different read-alouds. And that's when I really think you can pull in books that are going to be above their reading level, but that are going to be super interesting to them. So you're going to have ones that have really great photographs and that kind of thing. I think that's what usually hooks readers in the most when it comes to nonfiction is when they see a picture of, let's say, an animal that looks completely unusual. And they're like, that's not real. How can that be real? And then you get them to start talking about it more and more. And then it leads them to like new topics that they want to learn more about. Another thing you can do is focus on different themes that might match up to each month that you're going through. So you can kind of do research together and like create a calendar that includes, you know, monthly holidays or events or just like general themes for the month, like Black History Month, Women's History Month, and things like that. And you might find out that students might have very little background knowledge on certain holidays or themes like that. But then you can say like, okay, well, let's do some research and learn more about it. Those are such great ideas. And a couple of things that you mentioned is like the partner, the partner work. I mean, I guess no matter if you're in lower grades or upper grades, but more so once you're kind of climbing into the upper grades, it's that the kids are supposed to work by themselves or it's all independent work if you're not with your guided reading group. And so I love just being able to let them brainstorm together, like that word together, meaning that they can join, they can get in small groups. And that's going to be one level of just basic, getting that buy-in, getting that interest is letting them work with another person. And I also love the idea about the calendar, making a nonfiction calendar. That's such a great idea and a good visual that can help them to make those tie-ins as well. So as you heard, there's just so many ways that you can get students excited. You can get them interested. And I think a lot of it too starts with you. If you get really excited and you get really interested, you can oftentimes catch some of your kids just by way of your own energy. So now we have the whole, let's get our kids interested. They're kind of on board with us. So now to the next level, where can teachers embed these nonfiction texts? 
Where can they teach it? Where can this be held? Because I know that our school days are so long and we have very, very little time, although the day is long, but you know, everything in there. So where can these be added? Okay. Well, so like when I came on here before I talked about fluency and how you can incorporate it in like all aspects of your literacy instruction. And I kind of feel the exact same way with nonfiction. So I'm going to give you a few different ideas, how you can incorporate it into any type of literacy instruction that you do. So let's just start with a whole group setting. That's what I was mentioning before. Like this is where you're doing your read aloud, where you're trying to get students excited about it. And like you said, students like react to however it is that you're presenting it. So if you're using a text that is, you know, maybe you're thinking like, oh, I don't know if they're going to find it interesting. Well, you make it interesting. You include all the like, you know, wow, this is so incredible. Can you believe that such and such? Like, so you're giving them the nonfiction exposure in a read aloud and you want them to have that like jaw dropping, like emotion of what? I had no idea that was something that could happen. So you're creating the excitement with them. And then you're discussing it as a class. And again, that togetherness thing, like students bounce off of each other. So if they see someone else reacting, then you have them all being like, oh man, I can't believe that. So then that excitement is just like a natural emotion as you're going and exposing them to the nonfiction text. And again, those will probably be your more challenging texts that you want to just like work your way through some of the facts and that kind of thing where they might be intimidated trying to read those ones on their own. But then if you're working in small groups, you can definitely incorporate texts that are at their instructional level. This might be passages, it might be articles, it might be short text, whatever it is. You just want it to be something that they can actually read themselves so that they can learn how to, one, read like content-specific vocabulary and apply all their like literacy knowledge and skills to breaking down words that might seem difficult to them because they're brand new to them or they're just like about a topic that they don't have any background knowledge on. So this is just a chance to give them the opportunity to really read nonfiction in a small group setting. And then you can also do it at an independent level. This could be in like a literacy center or when they're reading independently, if you have that time built into your day. But basically it's just as important for them to be reading the nonfiction text so that they become more comfortable with it. Again, with that vocabulary, but they can do this like even in a fluency center, you can throw nonfiction materials in there because you want them again to become more confident and more comfortable in reading content-specific vocabulary and facts about things that they might not have learned before, but then you want them to do it still in like a fluent manner and you want them to be confident in what they are reading and then being able to share those facts back with other people. Then close reading is another great way to use nonfiction text because you really are getting kids to dig deep into the text with uh, just a new purpose or new focus for each read. Again, vocabulary, I'm going to say vocabulary a lot today just because I feel like nonfiction text is, that's really a big part of it. (laughs) And we all know that upper elementary kids, especially, you know, they need to focus on it and they need to be able to dig deep and understand what they're reading vocabulary or just the general concepts that are provided in the text. And then you can also even like send home texts, books, whatever you have, send home things that are nonfiction because you want them again to be like, oh, I last night when I was at home, I read a few pages of that book and I found out all these different things. So you want them to be reading it in all settings so that they come back the next day or like, check this out. Another thing you can do if you do morning meetings or you have whole group time where you're just focusing on something different, you know, you might use brain pop, you might have short videos that you found on YouTube, wherever it is that you can then start a discussion and have really like have a student lead the discussion, have them tell you about something that they learned and what they saw and that kind of thing. 
I mean, I think we're, we're wrapped up here like this. I mean, but I hope that this just encourages you that there, there are so many places to embed this and you only need a few minutes here, a few minutes there. And so, um, hopefully one of these ideas, two of these ideas have like piqued your curiosity to say, Ooh, I think I can try that. But there are so many places where you can place nonfiction. And I think taking it outside of our basic read aloud or our small group time, this is why I always talk about the importance of centers. And I know that upper elementary teachers are like, no, we, we don't have centers. We stop that in second grade. We go into like the reader's workshop, the writer's workshop, and it's all independent if they're not with me in a conference. But I want to challenge you to set up centers in your upper elementary classrooms because this is a perfect place where kids can be able to dive into this text together. They can be able to practice with a partner. They can be able to have all of this extra opportunity and time to explore with these types of text. But again, like she had mentioned, thinking about like the purpose of if you're sending it home and it doesn't have to be like just coded as homework and you have to bring it back, but some kids are really interested in it. So if you send those things home, it's just that extra level of exposure. And then also brain pop. Who doesn't love a good brain pop? I love that you said that because I remember just like, oh, can I find more? And they're just enough and they teach some really great things. And so I love all of those examples and ways that we can be able to find places to teach it. So thank you for that. So Now we have our students who are interested. Now we have a variety of places and ways that we can be able to embed this nonfiction text. So now we're thinking about putting it all together. Now we have the buy-in. Now we have the places. How can we truly make this nonfiction exploration meaningful when it comes to our students? Okay. So as we know with reading, not only do we want them to be able to read and to read different genres, including nonfiction, but then we also need to make sure that students are reading for meaning. Comprehension is huge. It's so important, no matter what the age of the students are, what they're reading, but it's just like, if they're reading, we need them to be reading for meaning as well. So you want to make sure that you're using like a variety of texts. So if you're using a variety of different resources, you want students to understand how to get the most out of all those different resources. So you might have nonfiction texts that are really heavy with nonfiction text features. So you want to make sure that students know how to actually understand the meaning of those text features versus I think we know some of them are just like, oh, that part's over there and small print. It's under the picture. I'm not going to read it. And they just move on. But we want kids to realize like, no, you're going to get meaning from all those different parts that are included. If there's a chart in there, you're not just turning the page and saying you read it like you didn't read it. You need to make sure you're looking at it and going through it. So I feel like so many times, you know, in upper elementary, they're just kind of like, oh, well, I made it through the book. And. I can tell you all this and it's like, oh yeah, but what about, what did you learn from that chart? Oh, let me go back and look at it. So just getting them to see that, you know, that's a different part of nonfiction text that they do include those text features for them to go through and learn how to get meaning from those. So that will be, you know, up to you to really include digging deep questions where you're asking them, like, don't let them just move on past the caption of the photo, like really talk about it and say like, well, what do you think when you were just looking at this photo? And now after you read the caption, what else did you find out? So that's one way to get them to read for meaning. And you might even present it before they go off to read, like saying like, okay, well, today I really want you to focus on the nonfiction text features and tell me what it is that you learned from it because we're going to share after you're done reading. Then, you know, you can use the different tools. I think it's so smart. Like if you use passages or something that you're able to like write on, let students use highlighters, let them use the smelly markers with chart paper, all those kind of things, because it really helps them find a purpose with what they're doing. 
kind of gets them excited to actually do the responding part. So they might be excited to read the facts, but you want them to also be excited to share what they've learned. So if you can get them writing on sticky notes, adding it into their book, like, oh, this is where I learned this. It's really getting them to interact with the text and then come back and share that with other people. So you might provide an example of like what you want them to do, whether it is a chart or something like that, but then you want them to have fun with it and do it in their own way so that they can come back and show what they learned. And now, I mean, a lot of schools have their own like Chromebooks or devices. You can have them creating their digital presentations to show what they learned. Like it's just a matter of using nonfiction text for all the different standards that like go with it. You want kids identifying, you know, the key details, the topic, the purpose, all those things. I mean, nonfiction text, there's so many standards that go with it, but it really is at the same time, you're developing like their love of reading nonfiction text, which is so important. So we want them to think about, topics that they want to read about and how they can learn more about it. You know, there's so many great book series out there. I feel like now more than ever, you can get so many different chapter book series. You can get like, you know, National Geographic kids books. There's so many that are out there that are written at a variety of reading levels that really all students can learn from them and then share what they know. I love that so much. I think the key here with nonfiction is that you get that magical word called text features. And it's so important because that is really how we make meaning of nonfiction text. And so I think, like you said, with the exposure, using highlighters, using sticky notes, having them create presentations, calling them out in a good way, but like, hey, yes, you know all of these facts about this topic, but what's that chart for? Like, what did you learn from that diagram? What did you learn from that timeline? And if they can't tell you, make that a learning opportunity to go back and focus on it. Because as we know, all of these strategies that you're doing in a very, very low threatening way are going to transfer over and help them when it comes to state testing time. And when they get that passage on the test and that question is about that chart, they're going to be like, no problem. I got this. So I think that like these simple, simple practices, embedding it and letting this be something that's consistently in your room, not just something that's in for the six weeks unit that you're district might provide you. And I think totally follow what they say. But I think that the importance of making sure that this is spiraled and shown and practiced every single week is going to be what your students need. And there are so many fun, engaging ways to be able to do it. And you hit on something else with like the magazines. We used to order the National Geographic magazines and they had so many interesting topics in there. But then even still, some of the kids on grade level could not access that text like very easily. And so I do know that my audience has shared in this nonfiction series that, you know, some of the kids really, really do love nonfiction, but it's really, really hard to find nonfiction text. And I just want to like shout you out because I know that you create a level of reading passages that are kid friendly. They are designed by reading levels and it allows kids to be able to explore that genre without them getting stuck because the library book is not written on five different levels. It's only written on one. And so it can only serve a certain amount of people. And so I just want to offer to you teachers that there are definitely resources out here that are created with your students in mind. And so I don't know if you want to share anything else about your specific ones and or what made you create them or like the why behind them, but I've seen them on Instagram so much. And I'm just like, it's perfect because it does the job. It offers what the kids need, but I think mostly they can find success, which is really, really great. 
Yeah. Well, I know when I first started writing passages, which is like my passion, I just like love it. I always wanted to make sure that they're engaging for kids and that kids could feel confident when they're reading it. And I had all my fiction ones written first. And then I was kind of like, okay, well, we are teaching nonfiction too. And it's like you said, you come with this like one book that it's like, ooh, well, maybe one of my students can read this. So I started to do nonfiction text. So I really, I mean, I loved writing them because I was like, wow, I'm like learning so much as I'm writing them, which I'm like, if I'm able to like, as a, you know, 30 something, <laughs> learn a bunch of stuff from writing these passages, then, you know, just imagine what it's going to be like for an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old to do. So I do have my huge leveled resource library that includes nonfiction texts for students who are reading, you know, from kindergarten all the way through fifth grade. So it's just a way to get them to feel like a lot of times people will comment saying like, oh, my students were so engaged with this. They love learning new facts. And like, they just were so proud of what they were reading. And I was like, yes, like that hits on all the things that are so important. Cause it's like, we want kids to build their confidence reading in a way that they can like make it through the text without frustration levels. Yes. I'm just, I'm grateful for you for creating those. And I just love the span because we all know that even though you teach fourth grade or you teach fifth grade, you teach third grade, all the kids are not created equal. You will have some that are above grade level and some that are below grade level. And so I love that all of those kids could be able to have access to text on their level and text with a genre as tricky as nonfiction, but your kids will really, really benefit from this. And so I'm going to leave a link for those in the show notes so that you can be able to check out some of these passages that are created with your students in mind. And so if you are looking like, yes, I need text, I need more opportunities, I need things to send home with the kids that want it, with the parents that want it, I need this for tutorials, I need this just to have fun in centers. You can never have too many texts, but you have to make sure that it's the right type of text. So I'll make sure to get those in the show notes for you all. But as we are kind of wrapping up this whole idea of like closing up nonfiction, is there anything else that you want to offer to our listeners when it comes to nonfiction from the child perspective, from the teacher perspective, just any last minute thoughts? Yeah. I mean, my purpose with all this is just like, don't be intimidated by nonfiction text. Like use it as much as you can in your day-to-day literacy teaching so that kids are exposed to it and they're excited about it and they're learning from it because it's something that they're going to be, you know, facing and experiencing for the rest of their lives when it comes to books or articles or anything like that. So you want to give them this good base of like feeling confident in reading nonfiction texts and understanding how to answer specific informational text questions. And it really can only benefit them to be exposed to all the different types of nonfiction out there as they continue in their reading journey. Love it. Okay. Well, I'm sure as last time with the fluency, that was such a popular episode. Even my mother (laughs) commented about the fluency as she was like, oh my goodness, I, I wish I had people to teach outside of my two nieces that are so, so sweet. But I definitely had a lot of feedback about your fluent when you were on talking about fluency but I want to offer people who are new to the podcast, I will link to that fluency episodes that you can be able to listen to that and just get some golden nuggets of literacy tips from Eileen that she shared the first time she appeared on the show. But for the people that are here right now, where can our listeners find you if they want to keep up with you after we close out this episode today? All right. So you can find my blog and Instagram and Facebook is all literacy with Eileen Clausen. 
larsoothileenclassen.com for my blog. And then on TPT, it's my name, Eileen Clausen, but I'll just spell it for you just real quick, even though you'll be able to find it in the show notes, but it's A-Y-L-I-N and C-L-A-A-H-S-E-N just for a double whammy difficultness there. (laughs) But otherwise I have a membership site also called Engaging All Readers, which does include all these passages that I was talking about. So you can either find them on TPT or there. Okay, perfect. And yes, I was actually... (laughs) I was holding in my laughter because I know it's Eileen Clausen, but if you were to try to spell it on your own phonetically, like, yes. So um, I'm so glad that you spelled it for them, but we will definitely have the spelling for you so that you can be able to actually find her and get to her. But I love your name. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It's so fun to talk to you. And I get to talk to you actually more than just on these little episodes that we get to do together. And I cannot wait to get you back on the show, which would be like a little teaser for our audience. But thank you so much for joining today. Yeah, thank you. This was so much fun. All right. And for the rest of you, we will be back next Monday. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.